Hello, and welcome to the Album Nerds, a podcast. I'm Dude, and with me is Andy. What's up, buddy? Happy Friday, man. Oh, Friday. Thank God, right? Yeah, no kidding. Someone actually today sent me a link to that Rebecca Black <laughs> YouTube video. I refused to watch it, but it got in my head anyway. You know, there's actually a great clip on YouTube about the guy who wrote that song. Definitely worth looking up. And it has history and as a songwriter, it's pretty legendary. Okay. Will do. I'm sure everyone else out there will too. Because who doesn't want to know about <laughs> about Friday, Friday. Friday. Uh, yeah. Getting down on Friday. Anyway. Album Nerds Podcast is a place for Andy and I to catch up, talk about music, talk about albums we really like, whether they're old or new, uh, discuss musical topics, and kind of just say hi to each other because we live so far away now. And I miss you. So far away. (laughs) It's so close. Yep. Through the magic of the internet. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been doing? What's new in Andy's world? Well, I was actually just listening to this new Chuck Berry single. It just came out today, the 24th of March. Uh, it's called Big Boys, which is a little weird because he passed away last week. <laughs> actually, a week ago today. Um, but he still got an album coming out uh, scheduled for this summer, I believe, in June. Hmm. Yeah, I was um, sad to hear that. Yeah, he passed. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I, what was that, Saturday? I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but yeah, yeah. over the weekend last week. 90 years old. Yep. Rock and roll, R&B legend, guitar legend, apparently... Started off trying to be like a Nat King Cold type of dude. Uh, more of a crooner, less of a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. But picked up a guitar and started teaching himself the blues, was a Muddy Waters right. um, fan. Yeah. And um, had his first hit, what, in like 1950-something, or 55 yeah. or so? Yeah, mid-50s was kind of his heyday there. Got like... Roller Beethoven, Johnny B. Good. I mean, like classics. Cool Pompadour. Oh yeah, <laughs> awesome stage presence. Probably like as big a contrib- contribution as his music. I mean, he made rock yeah. and roll like sexy. Well, I'm I'm sure that Elvis took a cue from the gyrations and the yeah. hips and all that stuff that uh, at the time was taboo on television. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe I heard a story once about Elvis that he was on Ed Sullivan or something, and they the camera wouldn't pan down to his hips because right. it wouldn't show the gyrations. And yeah, I think yeah. Chuck Berry can take credit for all that stuff. <laughs> totally. And he can, uh, well, maybe Michael J. Fox really deserves credit <laughs> for all <Well>, this. <laughs> that's the unfortunate thing. Many. Many people from your generation in particular yep. um, may just think of Johnny Be Good as the Back to the Future song. Um, 
That is like one of the greatest scenes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what people need to, that whole joke, right? In it, that Marty did change music history because he was playing with the R&B group. I forget their name, but Marvin Berry was the lead of that. And when uh, Marty McFly was playing Johnny Be Good, he got on the phone and called his cousin Chuck. Because right. he has to hear this new sound, so Chuck, it's your cousin Mary. Gotta hear Thanks. this. <laughs> Thank you very much, Doctor Emmett Brown, for bringing us Rock Chuck Berry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, you know, definitely thoughts out to to Chuck Berry and and the album. His album sales have gone up nine thousand percent since he passed. That often happens. So, oh, really. Good for him. Good for the family. and Yeah. All new group of people can check that out and learn some history. Yeah. And it's good for me, too, with the whole blues, you know, trying to listen to the blues. He's definitely, um, his music is the child of the blues, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The godfather in many ways of what we listen to today. So thank you, Chuck. You will be missed. We salute you. Poor 40 on the curb. (laughs) I don't have a 40. I've got a bunch of cans of PBR, so. There you go. A couple of them together, you'll be good. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of cans. I love it. Um, What else is up, man? Not too much. Not too much. Uh, Things are good. How about you? I'm I've been good. Work's been crazy. Trying to take get a little joy out of life doing this and listening to music and finding new stuff. I did get my vinyl copy of Metallica, um, Hardwired to self destruct. Uh, how's that look inside? Is there uh, is that gatefold or what's the packaging like? Yeah, it's just this standard gatefold. Nothing fancy. Um, some artwork sheets uh, with bizarre pictures of each band member with their faces mixed together pretty cool oh yeah very like cool the cover artwork. sort of mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's cool it's it's a two record you know 80 gram whatever right that's great and all but i'd rather just have the lower quality flip it once <laughs> that's yeah. me i know um, it's a pain getting up every every what 15 minutes or so to yeah. flip that thing but well my turntable doesn't auto return so if i forget it'll spin Just for wear that a needle week. down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it'll yeah. spin for a week i mean there'll be a the record will be cut in pieces by the time <laughs> i get to it yeah i definitely woke so. up a few times in the morning and come out to find the the record mm-hmm. still spinning that that little familiar hiss it might be bad for the needle, but you can pretend that it's good for the belt, that you're right. keeping it loose. <laughs> keeping it loose, <laughs> yeah. That belt now, is pretty loose. We talked briefly earlier this week. Didn't you mention something about um, a famous Canadian rapper doing some project this week? Oh, God, yeah. Um, so I, I'm sure most of the people have heard Drake put out kind of a surprise 
album that he calls it a playlist. I'm not really sure yeah. what the difference is. Um, well, I'll tell you. Oh, please, please. A playlist means he doesn't have to take full responsibility for <laughs> if it sucks the continuity of the work. Oh, okay, so is it kind of like a mixtape? But no. From what I understand, and I did actually look into this a little bit, and wow. thank you to Anthony Fantano at The Needle Drop for his oh. informative video. The Needle Drop, love him. Um, apparently, it's kind of whatever his album was that came out last year, end of last year, it's um, leftovers from that oh, kind of like unfinished stuff. Yeah. Of, yeah. Kind of. Okay. So yeah. then you can get new stuff in people's hands quickly. Right. Without the, you know, the full new album smell, if you will. <laughs> Not putting all that work into it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I listened to it when it came out just because it was like all over the internet. Everybody was freaking out about it. And I don't know, man. I, I mean, I love hip hop, but I do not understand why Drake is so popular. Well, I, I I think it's because he speaks to the Canadian experience, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ever hear like that? Monty's and that, Waffles. and uh, He's got that song, Poutine, Namine, right. all about his love of gravy, cheese curds, and french fries. French fries, yeah. <laughs> man, that is some good stuff, though, man. Oh, Poutine is delicious. They even have it at Burger King up there. Anywhere. Really? Yeah. Really? I had a I had a rest stop in Canada. I had a poutine that was cheese curds and butter chicken. <laughs> oh, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> no, you know, butter chicken, like chicken makani or whatever, Indian places. So that was on top of fries. It was awesome, man. Chicken and cheese curds on French fries? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's crazy Canadians. I guess it's just hey. a cultural clash there. Right? Maybe, maybe if I was Canadian, I would I'd appreciate Drake a little bit more. Maybe. Eat some poutine. Not me. <laughs> that song's not real, by the way. But if I were... Maybe Weird Al. We'll hit him up for that and see if right. he's interested. All right. Yeah. So we got an actual show today, right? Where we're going to talk about albums and... Talk about music that we like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we could do that. Sounds good. So uh, we're going to cover a couple of new classics, which are basically um, albums that we like that have out in the last five, seven-ish years that for us personally are going to be classic. We believe will be classics in our collection and in our hearts and mm -hmm. hearths and minds for eternity. Um, and then we're going to get done with that and talk about a couple non-music items of interest uh a little something we call given propers so why don't we jump in with the new classics man what you got yeah so as you know i'm a big like uh got big into like soul and r&b over the last uh, few years and uh Kind of as part of that, I was kind of digging into uh, D'Angelo's catalog a little bit, which is actually relatively small for a popular artist. He only had two records out previously. Um, but in December of 2014, he put out 
his third studio record, titled Black Messiah, which totally just floored me the first time I heard it. And even a couple years later, I still get kind of gooey just listening to it. It's such an amazing record. What? Yeah, just melts melts my insides, you know. I I I don't I don't <laughs> awkward. I don't even know what to say, man. It's so it's so uh it's so funky and smooth, man. Alright, let's 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 go a little bit of the background <laughs> here. You're actually um grossing me out a little bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's too much information. Well, I'm picturing things I don't want to candlelight, no, no. bubble bath. Uh, maybe a bearskin rug. I don't know. So what are we listening to, dude? <laughs> All right. So that's kind of D'Angelo that I knew back from like the late 90s and 2000, early 2000s. Um, but you kind of came back. He stepped away for like 14 years, took a pretty long break. I heard that he was um, kind of taking, uh, taking offense to the, the sex appeal label he was uh, slapped with. So he comes back with his new record. It's much less on the uh, the sultry vibes and much more on like the music and the jazz and the the soul um, composition here. And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, he has kind of like taps into the uh, the social and uh, civil unrest going on in the black community in this in this time. So you had all like the police killings, you know, uh, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner. Those are all just happened the year before. So a lot of the lyrics are kind of focused on that. The music is super dense, layered, rich. There's a lot of great um, studio musicians on this. I know Questlove plays drums on, I think, the majority of the record. And it just creates like this beautiful sonic landscape that the record just, just kind of encompasses you in. Now, it's, um, just sorry, Questlove, yeah. Questlove, that's the drummer from The Roots, right? From The Roots, yeah. And Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, he's on The Tonight Show. Yep. Yeah, okay. Big afro, combing his hair. Want to make sure everybody knows who we talking about. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, why don't we just jump in? Let's let's play the, the first track here. Uh, Ain't That Easy. Ain't That Easy, okay. We can do that. We can do it. Is that one of the songs? We can do it. Uh, I don't know that one. Hear a little Al Green in there, man. Oh yeah, it definitely pulls from that classic soul vibe. It's compared a lot to uh, "There's a Riot Going On" by Sly and the Family Stone, which is in that same time period, like early '70s, when funk and soul were kind of at their peak. Yeah, definitely hear some Parliament, George yeah. Clinton, you know, funkiness, which. Also Prince, and of course Prince was inspired by a lot of that type of stuff too. Oh yeah, they're very similar in their artistic processes, D'Angelo and Prince for sure. And uh, what, D'Angelo early 40s? 
So he's yep. still he yep. can still do so some stuff. Get down. Yeah. I think what was most impressed about this record for me was just like how loose the feel is, but how like complex and rich the songs are. And knowing that he worked on it for like over ten years and still was able to keep like that really kind of like just jamming out vibe to it is is pretty impressive. One thing I noticed was I don't think any of the songs had a single vocal track. I think he was harmonizing with himself on all of it. Very full vocal, but I don't remember hearing like a raw, straightforward vocal. You know what I mean? To yeah, fill in totally. The sound. Yeah, yeah. It's very lush and dense and... uh yeah, he's just kind of, he sings, but a lot of it is just kind of like moaning and groaning and making kind of mm's and yeahs and. Well, as long as, as long as he doesn't pull a <laughs> boys to men and injection, fellas. Right. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about the vibe, man. Yes, but, oi, injection. Yeah. Hot, anyway. Man, yeah. What else? Uh, Do we want to listen to something else from? Yeah, let's play. So there's like there's a couple, I guess I would say like slower love songs. Uh, my favorite is the fifth track, uh, "Really Love." Okay, let's do it. Definitely when he uses the falsetto, the prince is... Oh, yeah. It's coming through pretty yeah. loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a pretty definitive record for D'Angelo and that sound in general. I I still listen to it pretty regularly. and It's been a few years it's been out now. Love it. Love it more yeah. than I did. I um, had bad opinions of him because of the... Um, wiener video, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> from 2000, I just never even listened to his music ever because I'm like, oh, he's just some corny sex pot guy right. for the ladies. But I listened to Black Messiah because you made me, and it's really awesome. And uh, I went back and listened to Voodoo, which was the Ding Dong album. And right. it's really good too. I never gave him a shot, so I apologized, uh, Mister. I don't know if his last name is Angelo, his first name is D, but I apologize, <laughs> Mister Angelo, because <laughs> it's really, 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 really good. Yeah, it is. It is really good. So I'm sure he accepts your apology, and we can all be friends now and and live our lives. With the Black Messiah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, D'Angelo, Black Messiah. Definitely check it out if you like music at all. <laughs> it's great. There you go. What do you uh, what what you got, man? My turn. I'm going go. well to the land of the Drake. That's right. Canada. <laughs> A uh not a hip hop band, yeah. huh? No hip hop, though, right? 
not hip hop. No, not R and B. We're going more of a rock and roll band. Uh, they call it boogie rock. Many might call it sort of a. It's dri- it's guitar driven blues rock. Sort of got a seventies sort of vibe. Also, some Sly and the Family Stone, Humble Pie, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Allman Brothers, mashed mm-hmm. into this beautiful, beautiful album um, by the Sheepdogs called "Learn and Burn." Interesting uh, title. Yeah, I'm sure you like it, Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the cover. Sorry to interrupt you, but the cover, I, I swear for the longest time it was a joint, so it's like a really simple cover, just yellow, it's a the match. name of the record, and it's a match, though. I, I thought it was a joint for the longest time. That's oh, a little sir. tip on there. Oh, Lord. Why? Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Learn and Burn, it's their third studio album. Uh, it was originally released in 2010 re-released in 2011 and it peaked at number 14 on the canadian albums chart um i think their scale is different than ours because they have fewer people uh it's a metric system too right so, <laughs> yeah. so different. we were supposed to go metric man back in the 80s they were <laughs> 70s and 80s they were like pushing that in school that yeah, we're gonna convert that. didn't happen we're too oh, lazy well. yeah um the album won an award, uh, award for the Rock Album of the Year at the 2012 Juno Awards. The album's first single, I Don't Know, uh, won a Juno Award for Single of the Year. They're big up there. Um, they capture the feel of the 70s rock, as we kind of talked about. And um, the record is just nice. It's nice rock and roll, great harmonies, great guitar work. Um great production and these guys produced their first three albums all by themselves and it's impressive yeah yeah they're a they're a talented band for sure um they've got they've had a little bit of their sound slightly different now with the new guitarist but um yeah uh i never know how to say this guy's name the lead singer and guitarist e-w-a-n ewan curry yeah sure uh but yeah they are they're just a great band in this album i love their whole discography but this is my favorite i'd say um a lot of fun to listen to laid back rock and roll tunes uh sit on the beach and hang out with your bros yeah have a fire drink some canadian molson canadian probably (laughs) and uh yeah, enjoy the enjoy the day, and I love the quick succession of songs. Yeah, there's a lot of tracks on here, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, fifteen? Depending on how you break down the last track, but depending, they're all pretty yeah. short. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, they run into each other, so kind of like that last section of the Beatles Abbey Road. It's like little songs flowing into one another to make one big song. Very awesome composition. It's just, I was very impressed with it the day I first heard it because um, they were in some contest to get on the Rolling Stone cover. It's an unsigned Uh, band, and that's how I found out about them and have loved them ever since. And the last copy of Rolling Stone magazine I ever bought 
was the one with them on the cover. So nice, nice. You want to uh, play a little bit of the the single here, maybe? Yeah, let's uh, let's do some. I don't know. They've got long hair and beards now, which you know means a lot to me. Yeah, fit the profile. <laughs> they certainly do. Maybe that's why they're the sheepdogs, dude. Yeah, they look like sheepdogs. They, they've—I know we saw them in concert like a few years ago. I think it was not this tour, but the next record we saw them on tour. Mm-hmm. Um. Just about in Canada, about as far north as you can go in the U.S. Yep. Um, yeah, and they all had super long hair and beards and <laughs> look like how you'd expect. But I think they've kind of cleaned up their look a little bit with some of their newer their, their newer records yeah. here. I was disappointed when you and Cutter's hair. If yeah. I had that beautiful mop, <laughs> it'd never go away. Right, right. Um. Yeah, so some of your thoughts on it. Um, since I introduced you to this and pretty much anything good in your life, rock and roll-wise, why don't you talk about it a little? <laughs> yeah, you take credit for this record, that's for sure. I'm, I'm always surprised, like, whenever I mention this band, anybody that I know, like, they've never heard of them. They're like, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tell me. <laughs> So it must just be like poor publicity in the states because they they haven't really blown up here yet. But I hope they do because they're. I I think you know, it's a you, state of music here, man. It's just a different culture, and there's no one embraces. Well, not no one, but rock and roll has been kind of dismissed. Yeah, that's true. As a massively popular type of thing. Uh, the closest you get is like a, and I don't even know if these guys are still a thing, but like Maroon Five or something, you know, that's as rock and roll as it gets, right? On on the pop charts, anyway. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it's a shame, but they have, uh, you know, you definitely can hear like the credence, especially in the last song we just heard there. Mm-hmm. And you watch them play; that's like just a line of guys playing guitars together, yeah. <laughs> essentially with a drummer. Yeah, it's awesome. And the yeah. keyboard guy who is oh, the brother right, keyboard. Yeah. of Ewan Curry. Yeah. Um Yeah, they're they're great. Let's listen to one more and then we'll move along, but good stuff. We're gonna go with Southern Dreaming, which I think is a really fun song. Yeah. That I believe is kind of about dreaming about rock and roll from the US, which is south of Canada, so Anything is south of Canada. <laughs> and I think they're dreaming about uh, going south, yeah. But I guess I'll spend my days, my southern dreaming. 
I feel like it's the summer of 1976 up in here. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Awesome stuff. Good summer record. Yeah. I love it. I love it too. Good choice. So, The Sheepdogs. Learn and burn. But more importantly, check out their whole catalog because it's all good. The early albums are... You can you can hear them finding their way, which is kind of fun too. So, mm-hmm. go for it. Nice. Nice. All right. Got a couple of propers here. A couple of shout outs we want to give to some... Uh, some products or media that we've uh, been enjoying that maybe aren't necessarily tied to music. Um, I know you found a cool piece of tech recently that you're pretty excited about that you wanted to uh, tell the world about. Yes, sir. And I'll try to keep it brief because I've been blah, 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 blah today. Just today? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Go right ahead. What do you, Wounded. What do you... All right. <laughs> so what I'd like to talk about is the very first Kickstarter I've ever given money to. Um, it is called Super Screen. It's basically a it well, it's a it's like a tablet, but it doesn't run an OS. It runs off of your phone. So since the smartphone is the primary tool you use through your day, it's with you all the time. Um, Super Screen is basically securely connected, 10.1 inch HD tablet. It's connected to your device at all times, giving you instant control of any app. You can access your entire phone from this tablet. I guess it has like a hundred feet radius, no Wi-Fi signal is necessary. It uses some advanced technology, I think it's theirs, to connect your mobile device via private signal and control your smartphone completely off the off the grid and, and within that 100-yard radius. Um, so basically, you get an iPad. Say you have an iPhone. You get an iPad, but it's your phone, and it's using your phone's data, and it's not chewing up as much battery on your phone, and the tablet has tons of battery. So... I can just think of all sorts of cool stuff to do with it. And um, as they keep getting more money, I mean, they're like, I don't know, a, ga- a gazillion percent over their original goal. They're adding more <laughs> and more um, stuff to it. Better battery um, from the original design. They're going to add a headphone jack. So I'm excited about it. comes out in December, but if you want to check it out, go to www.superscreen.io and uh, check out the Kickstarter. They have videos and all sorts of stuff there. Is the Kickstarter still uh, active? Can you still get that on? It is. Cool. Through April, I think. Um, it's what 99 they... bucks to get one oh, of these okay. things. That's a hell of a lot cheaper than an iPad, man. Well, it's going to cost 300 when it goes to market, so you're getting uh, a really good... Okay. They have a bunch of options. You can buy two. You can buy 10. I think you can buy 30. So oh, check it out. Yeah, it sounds wicked useful. Wicked? Nice. Wicked, yeah. <laughs> I'll be expecting that as my Christmas gift. So thank you very much there, buddy. Um, yeah, I was actually yeah. going to um, send you the MC Hammer album on... <laughs> <laughs> on vinyl. On vinyl. <laughs> awesome. 
is. All right, so my, my shout-out today is for a really good um, documentary I saw a few months ago on David Bowie. So there's a bunch of documentaries out on him recently, um, but this one was put together by PBS, and it's called Five Years. And basically what it, what it is is it goes through like five years, five definitive years from his career, you know, starting in like the 70s, and through like, I think it goes up to like the mid nineties or so. Um, and just kind of like goes into detail with some of the people who were involved with his records and friends of his and, you know, musicians and interview style. It's really, really well put together. There's some really funny kind of anecdotes about David and some of the trouble he got into. There's this great animated sketch with uh, Iggy Pop, Ryan Eno and David Bowie all in the studio trying to figure out how to put together this record. Really, really, really entertaining. Uh, it's a couple hours long. I believe they're playing it on PBS, depending on where you live. And there's also, I found a copy of it online, streaming for free. So I will post a link to that on the website, albumnerds.com. It's, it's, if you want to learn any more about David and just his career, it's a really gives you a really good uh, perspective on who he was as a person and how he became such a big uh, cultural icon. Cool. So, and yeah. if you want to if you want to check out something David Bowie that's a little less autobiographical or biographical rather, watch Labyrinth. I love that. Oh movie. yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend quotes that pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a good, good stuff. One. Yeah. Cool, right. man. Yeah, I, I'll check that out for sure. Uh, and I hope all y'all out there will heed our suggestions. Yes. We're very, very smart men. We are. So. We listen to a lot of music and uh, I like to think we know what we're talking about. So, yeah, don't forget uh, D'Angelo, Black Messiah, and the Sheepdogs, Learn and Burn, are our two classic recommendations here. And then uh, Super Screen on Kickstarter and Five Years on PBS. Yep, check them out. Everything. It's all good stuff. Um, And if you'd like to support the show, the best thing y'all can do is leave the show a review on iTunes. Um, The higher, the better, assuming you're being honest. It makes our show a little easier for other people to find. The more reviews we have, um, the better. And we'd love to see the feedback and uh, get a sense of what y'all think. Um, Please feel free to share the podcast on any social network with friends, with enemies, um, family members, pets. We could really use some more listeners, folks, and we'd love for you to join us at albumnerds.com and uh, give us some comments. Tell us what we should listen to. Give us some suggestions, man. I need to find some new stuff. It's not that easy. So help us out and we'll help you out. We'll be a community, man. Let's do it. Yeah. We all can be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out on the Twitters and Symbol Music Sharing app at Album Nerds. It's Album Nerds with an A. That's right. An A. It's the first letter in the alphabet, (laughs) y'all. Not the Canadian A, right? No. That's E-H, I think. Right. (laughs) Good call. Good catch, man. We could have made a bad 
big blunder right there. <laughs> All right. Well, we will check you next time here on the Album Nerds Podcast. We love you all. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time. <laughs>